right, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I think is probably one of the most beautiful passages in all of the Bible. Just what a, what a rich passage it is. But I just want to focus on the last verse. It says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. And what I want to preach about today is how we can truly be charitable. That word, and that word charity is one that uh, I think it's being misused in a lot of ways. And whenever we think of charity today, I don't think our mind typically grows to the right place. I mean, most of the time, if you talk about charities, what do you think of? You know, what are you thinking of? The Red Cross, Salvation Army, St. Jude, stuff like that, right? And obviously, you know, we have, you know, they do some good things, but, you know, when it comes to uh, advancing the gospel and the things that are the most important, you know, we won't, we don't really look to those people. And some of those, uh, there's some charitable organizations that are pretty corrupt. And so because of that, you know, we do, we kind of have a, a bad picture in our mind, but folks, charity is the greatest of these things that it mentions here. It is a wonderful, beautiful thing. And we should be truly charitable people. I believe as a church, we need to be charitable in the most biblical sense of that word, and as, as a pastor today, as a pastor of this church, I am calling on our church today to basically up our game when it comes to charity, but in the truest sense. And I, I want to explain that to you, what it is, and then I want to talk about how I think we need to do this, how we need to up our game when it comes to charity. And you're saying this is going to be another begging for money sermon no actually that's not gonna be that at all so you can go ahead and let go of your wallet um i'm not i'm not even going to be talking about that today but this word charity uh the definition it's love that is affection or benevolence um or in the webster's 828 it says in a general sense love benevolence goodwill that the disposition of heart which inclines men to think favorably of their fellow man and to do them good in a theological sense, it includes the supreme love to God and universal goodwill toward men. Another definition is in a more particular sense, love, kindness, affection, tenderness springing from natural relations as the charities of a father, son, and brother. Another definition is liberality to the poor consisting in almsgiving or benefactions or in gratuitous services to relieve them in distress. And then the last one is alms, uh, whatever is bestowed gratuitously on the poor for their relief. Now, the dictionary.com, more modern definition, it just means generous actions or donations to aid people who are poor, ill, or needy. Something given to a person or person in need, alms, a charitable fund, foundation, or institution, and then a benevolent feeling, especially towards those in need or in disfavor. And I want to submit to you that I do believe that every, I believe every person, including rich people, are in, are in desperate need of charity. I believe everyone in here needs charity. Now, we like to think, I don't need any charity. Well, you might not need the Red Cross right now. You might not need the Salvation Army and things like that. But I'm here today to tell you that you need charity. Everybody needs charity. Now, some of, I, I believe most of us in here, are not lacking in charity. I believe that I'm going to, and I'm going to show you too. I believe our church is a very rich church when it comes to receiving charity. And because, and, but the, here's the thing when you are rich, monetarily speaking, you know, aren't you expected to be the more charitable one, monetarily speaking? 
But when it comes to the truest sense of the word charity, I'm going to show you too how our church is, we're, we're kind of loaded here. And it's actually pretty sorry if we aren't being charitable. And so you, and some of you are wondering, I'm not rich, I'm poor, I'm struggling to pay my bills. I, I think you're doing better than you realize when it comes to what true charity is. But again, I need everybody to just kind of lose our modern definition and the modern stereotypes associated with it. And I want us to think biblically because I think the, I think the main difference between love and charity, and I do believe that those are two different words and that they're, I, they're, there's some different meanings to them. And I've heard it said this way before too, that charity is basically love in action is what it is. It's love in action. And so what do we have when we have love without the action? Well, James 2.14 says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, and be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So when you have when you have love for people, but it, there's no action with it, that's not charity. Man, I really man, I you have no idea how much I cry when I see the homeless, when I see the hungry, when I see those commercials with the poor African kids. You don't you know how much that makes me cry because I'm just so loving. All right, great. I'm glad you made you cry. How much did you donate? Nothing. You know, you know, I, I feel so bad for all these homeless people. You know, looking for food. It just breaks my heart. But if you don't give them any money, who cares? Great. You have love in your heart, but you don't have charity because you didn't do anything to fulfill the need. And that's not good. So when you have love without the action, you know, you have what we see in James 2. Now, here's the other thing, though. What if you have the action without the love? Well, I think that's where you have most of your charitable organizations today. They're real big on action activities. A lot of churches are kind of turning into more charitable organizations than gospel-centered churches where they're always doing things to feed the hungry, you know, clothe the homeless, doing all these things. And they've got a lot of work. They've got a lot of action. And those are good things. But, you know, did you know you can be active and you can give people things and not really love them, not really care about them? You can have action without the love and I think that's what we have with, with a lot of charitable organizations. I'm not saying it's with all of them, but with a lot of them. And many Bible-believing Christians today, they've actually been kind of jaded towards charities and against charities, and for many good reasons. And while and, and we are, we're often even critical towards churches that have turned into more charitable organizations than just gospel-preaching churches. They're more like a Salvation Army or Goodwill. You know, they'll make food for people, they'll do material things, but they also almost never preach to them. They never give them the gospel, which is kind of a shame. And so this has caused us to almost have a negative feeling towards charity. But what everybody needs to get a hold of is based on James 2, we understand you can't claim to have charity when you're not providing for what the person needs. Okay? But here's another thing you need to get a hold of. You can provide for people's material needs without having the charity. You can do that. And in America, what we have going on today we have an abundance of charities. We have an abundance of government assistance to provide for physical needs, to give the food, to give the clothing. You know, uh, and, but the thing is, we have a famine of places where people can go and actually be loved. 
and to actually be cared about and to be made to feel important. There are plenty of people out there today. There are plenty of people in our community here in the Sterling Rock Falls area that are starving for love while they have full bellies, warm houses, and plenty of clothing. And those people need our charity. They need our love and action. They don't, they don't even really need our food. I've gone to some houses before, you know, and, and uh, I said, I used to be involved in a bus route and we would sometimes, you know, have these kids, they come in, you know, dress bad and everything and people would feel bad for them and burden for them. And just, you just kind of assume they were hungry. And I remember we, you know, we'd take groceries to some of these people's house and I'd go in their house and like they had more food than we did. I remember, I remember one year we did, you know, there were some people, they just really want to be a blessing to one of the bus families. And so there was this one particular family. I thought these people seem like they're really in need. And so we went over uh, and took uh, to give them a hundred dollar gift card to Walmart so they could buy their kids presents. And I remember, man, I thought we were being so charitable. We we're being so good. I remember we went over there and they had, they had three kids. I think I had four at the time and they had like triple the amount of presents that my kids had. And I remember I went in there and it was like the lady realized this is kind of awkward. You're bringing me this. And then she started explaining how her sister brought all those presents. She's like, I didn't have any money for presents. My sister just brought all these over. And I'm just like, and I started learning, you know, we're kind of in a, we're in a new era in America today where we don't really need a lot of that kind of stuff from our churches. There's so many other organizations out there doing that, that a lot of the poor people today have more food than I do. Their kids get more presents and have more toys than I do. You know, I'd go over to the, we'd go over to our bus kids' house and they, they did, they had way more video games than my kids had. I mean, they just had shelves full of just junk and it's like, you know, we're, you know, we're just not that materially poor in our country today. But we do have a lot of people that are starving for love. We do have a lot of people with bad character. We have a lot of parents with bad character. But let me tell you, those kids, you know, they're, they're victims in these situations. And they do. They need to be loved. I don't believe we're wasting when we you know, do things to try to help these people. But, um, you know, we need to understand that we need to figure out what people need. And so another thing that people just need to get a hold of is you can provide for people's material needs without having charity. And that's what's going on in our nation. And in our nation, we are, we're rich with material wealth, but we are impoverished when it comes to real love or actual charity. I'm, I'm telling you, there is a famine of that in this country today. Our nation is so rich with material wealth that food, clothing, and shelter aren't even accounted for when we're talking about riches. Remember what the Bible said in Second Chronicles 115 with King Saul? It says, And the king made silver and gold at Jerusalem as plenteous as stones, and cedar trees made he as the sycamore trees, that are in the veil for abundance. I mean, silver was so common that people just didn't even care about it. It just didn't even matter. And our country is so rich because of, you know, we have all this technology. We have so many things that make our life easier that the fact that people have shelter, clothing, and food, we're still victims. That's how rich we are in our country. People today have, I, I remember I was sitting at McDonald's one time. I was working and I had to wait for an appointment. I had time to kill. So I'm just sitting in this McDonald's eating, just kind of killing time. And while I was there, there was a group of people that were eating there from the homeless shelter. And I remember just noticing all these people from the homeless shelter. And then one of them was complaining because he got kicked out because he wasn't doing his chores. I was like, dude, they're giving you food, 
and a place to stay and you can't do your chores. But anyway, I'm just kind of listening to the conversation. Anybody ever just go out in public and eavesdrop on people? Am I the only one that's ever done that? But I was bored and I'm doing that. And yeah, he's complaining about that. But I noticed too, they're all on smartphones. They're, they're all on smartphones. That's how rich we are in our country, that poor people have smartphones. You know, so think, you know, think about that. Free internet, all these wonderful things. But let me tell you something. People still need charity. Thankfully, they don't need my cash because there's not much to go around. You know, thankfully, they don't need a lot of those material things, but they do need charity. They do need, they do need love. And so, no matter how rich our country gets, there will always be a need for charity or love and action. That's always going to be needed. There are financially rich people out there today who are impoverished when it comes to love and they need charity. And there, and so, and there's many people out there today who are just kind of ashamed of charity. And, you know, and I understand where they're coming from, but the reality is there isn't one person in here that isn't dependent and in need of true charity or love and action. We don't think about this because most of you in here, you've got a lot of wealth in this area of charity and love. And so what I want to, I want to explain the wealth that's in this church today because I was reminded of some things this week. You know, I, I, I was involved in a bus ministry for well over a decade, pretty much my whole life until I came out here. And, you know, there's just some things you just kind of forget about over time. But I was at a bus conference and I, I just observed some things being around that, listening to the preaching that reminded me of some of these things. But when you, you know, when you're involved in the bus ministry, you're going to find yourself most of the time ministering to kids who don't really need food, you know, who don't really need clothing. But a lot of these kids are starving for love. They are starving for that. There was this little girl at the conference that my wife just fell in love with. Just this cute, adorable little girl. And they were, the kids were up singing in the choir. After they got done, the kids all came and sat down in the chairs. And this little girl just happened to sit by my wife. And my wife, just she just paid attention to her. She was just nice to her. And that little girl ate it up. The next, I mean, and my wife's just going on about how cute she was and everything. The next night, we're there, and the kids start up, and the choir there again, getting ready to sing. And this little girl's just staring at my wife, just smiling at her, you know, like waving at her stuff. And she's just, she sees my wife. They got done from the choir when they came down to sit. She was practically plowing over these kids, trying to get to sit by my wife. Because she just loved her. Why? She just paid attention to her. And I and I got to thinking about that, because this little, this little girl who that's why she goes to that church all the time because she she gets loved in that church she gets attention in that church and i remember that's how it was with a lot of the bus kids and i got to thinking about the kids in our church now folks i am this is not a criticism this is a compliment of the kids in our church but you know the kids in our church the little kids if i want to get their attention if i want to get them to like me i got to act like a clown i got to do all kinds of crazy stuff to try to get their attention you know and they just kind of look at me like you know you know what? Because they don't really need me because they get love and attention all the time. And I do. I, 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 I've always got, I've got to find something unique if I'm going to get one of these kids to like me. Remember Cameron a few years when he was littler. You know, I found something with him where I would always take him to the Christmas tree. And that was his thing. He would come to church. He would see me. He would reach for me. I'd pick him up and then he'd point to where the Christmas tree was. And we'd go to the Christmas tree and I'd push the bulbs and he'd laugh his head off. I just thought it was great. You know, and then the Christmas tree went away and they didn't care about me anymore. You know, it's just like, <laughs> but you know, I, I've got, I've got to find things like that 
to get the little kids in this church to care about getting attention from me. Sometimes they just look at me like, you know, what? You know, and I do. I just, I, I love little kids. I think they're, you know, cute and special and all that. But they don't really need me. You know why? Because your kids are rich. Your kids, they've got moms and dads in the home. They're cared for. They're loved. They get attention. But let me tell you something. There are kids all over this community. They don't get that. They do not get that kind of thing. And they come to churches, and I'm telling you, just the fact that people know their name, people remember their birthday, folks, they eat it up. You have no, I don't think we realize what it's like in a lot of homes that are out there. I was thinking, I was reminded this week and I was thinking about, uh, what, the, you know, we had a boy that was on our bus route. His name was James and he was my favorite bus kid. And I know you're not supposed to have favorite, but he was my favorite. And he was a just a cute little black kid. He had a real speech problem. He couldn't talk. He, he didn't talk very good. He stuttered real bad. And him, him and his, his brother would come. He had, he had one brother and there was another boy that came with him. And the two brothers, they were black, full black. The other one was full white. And their moms lived together and were you know what? Some of the most just horrifying, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to find, they were some of the most horrifying looking women you would ever see. But these kids would come on our bus route and man, they ate up the attention, especially James. He, he always wanted to sit by me. He, I mean, he just, you know, these kids are like starved for male attention, especially. And I, I'm, you know, and he, he would, he'd always, he'd always just kind of stand there like that all the time. That was always kind of how he was. And anytime you'd ask for a volunteer, you know, I'd ask for a volunteer to come up and help do the song or something. And he was always the first to volunteer. And I always wanted to pick him because he was like my favorite kid, but he just come up there. He just stand up there like that. I always had his head like that. All right, all right, let's sing the song. And he never knew what he was doing. He'd just kind of stand up there. That was what he'd do all the time. But I would give him attention. I would make a big deal. No matter what he did, I acted like he did it great. And the kid couldn't do anything. But I, I did. I, I just gave him attention. I loved that kid. He was so starved for attention. Every day, every week, whenever he would get off the bus, he would, he'd get off the bus, and then he would come back up on the bus, and he would just look at me and say, but, 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 Tommy, me and you, we going to talk. That was, just, that was what he would say all the time. I, I, don't, I never fully understood what that meant, but I would say it back to him. That's right. Me and you, we're going to talk. I think that just means we're going to get together again. I don't know. That, that's what he would say all the time. I remember one time I was in Walmart, and all of a sudden I hear these kids yelling from across the store, Brother Tommy! And it was, it was all three of them with their two moms. And they just came running across the store and just like were all over me, hugging on me and everything. And it was, you know, it was a little awkward, you know, and, you know, we live in the day and age too, where, you know, everybody's always accusing people of stuff. And, you know, and these, these bus kids too, man, they were always, they were always hugging on you and stuff. And there's ways you can handle that without it looking weird. And, you know, I, I understand all that, but you know, I, I just, I, my heart would break for these kids because they were, they were so hungry for real love and affection. And I don't know, you know, they were still going on the bus when I left. I don't know what happened to them. I can only imagine what happened. I know not long before I left, um, unfortunately, one of the women in that housing project that they lived in discovered this wonderful place in St. Charles that they told me about. And I actually went and visited a kid up there one time. It was not a wonderful place. It was a horrible place. But where if your kid gets out of control, you can call 911 and an ambulance will come get them. 
and take them to this place in St. Charles where they will figure out their behavioral issues and what medications work best on them. And uh, last, I remember they did, they sent James to that place. You know, so they can just medicate him up. They sent his brother who was more behaved than he was. The white one, they eventually, the mom separated because the, the, the white kid, I can't remember what his name is, he was doing violent things to the other boys and horrible, disgusting things to himself. Just, folks, we have, yeah, that, that's the thing you got to realize too. While we can't stand perverts and all the queers and everything out there, a lot of these are people who grew up in homes where they were severely abused and have endured things that you and I cannot imagine. And it's a tragedy that they've been turned into predators themselves and they are dangerous and, and, I, and I get all that. And obviously, you know, we're not ever going to allow predators into our church. But folks, you know what? The problem is these peop- these, a lot of people are living in these homes where they're horribly abused. They are not loved. They're starving for love. And then you know where they're finding attention and acceptance? In the pride community. Only so they can be taken advantage of some more. Only so they can be abused some more, but told that it's love. And, and I'm telling you, I believe we need to do more to try to get to these people before the queers do. Before the pride community gets, gets to them. And because, one, I'd like for there to be less of them out there. But if we're, if we're just going to do it, but it's, just, it's our responsibility. And let me tell you, you know, there's, there's a lot of bad kids out there that, you know, have behavioral issues and all that. There are going to, you know, when you, when you have things like bus routes, there's parents out there that want to take advantage of every charitable organization. They will just use, they'll use bus routes for free babysitting. I get that. I remember one time we had a couple kids. They were rotten. I mean, they, they were, they were pretty rotten. They started getting better. But I remember one time we, uh, we pick them up this apartment and the parents, you know, they knew when we were going to have them home. We always told them, you got to be home when we drop these kids off. So make sure you're home. And I remember it was late. We had a lot more kids to drop off. We stopped at this apartment complex and it was, it was already kind of out of the way. And I remember, and the mom wasn't there. And I remember one of the neighbors was, was there and the mom went out drinking. She basically, she called us up randomly. The kids hadn't been coming in a while, but she wanted us to take the kids so she could go to the bar. And I remember, we, uh, uh, I just told the bus driver, you know what, just leave me here, go drop the other kids off, I'll wait outside the apartment here till his mom gets home, and we waited out there, and I remember staying around that apartment, it was late, and just seeing stuff, hearing stuff, seeing that kid's mom come home drunk, and it's just like, you know what, I get why this kid is as rotten as he is. You know, I would probably, be, I probably would have been the same way. If I grew up with a mom like that, but you know what? I came from a very rich home in the sense that my parents loved me greatly. My parents didn't get involved in that kind of junk because you know they didn't have a ton of money, but they didn't have a lot. They didn't have a lot of that other stuff. But you know, a lot of times people do. They get mad. They'll they'll, they'll frown on some of these ministries. Oh, yeah, this is free babysitting, all that. And yeah, it is. You know why? Because these parents they don't care about these kids. But you know, this is an opportunity where we can love these people. Or we can give them that love and attention that they deserve. And so, you know, when, you know, when we were in the bus ministry, we picked up kids that were poor, financially speaking. But we also picked up rich kids that were poor when it comes to charity. 
I remember a couple of the worst kids, one of the worst kids that we ever had on our bus route lived in this really nice house. And I remember his, uh, his, his dad was in the medical field and they did, they had this nice house because most of the places we went to were pretty poor places, but there was this one really nice house that we would go to. We picked this kid up and this kid was a nightmare and it wasn't his dad. It was his stepdad. He had, he had remarried and this kid was so horrible. And I remember we, you know, we had to deal with him and we had to, you know, tell his mom, couldn't ride the bus and she just let us have it, talk about how horrible we were and everything. Well, the funny thing is we were so terrible because we weren't going to keep letting this kid ride the bus because he was out of control, cussing kids out and everything. It was, it was, it was bad. Sometimes you have to kick kids off the bus. But you know, the, I remember not long after that, this kid was like seven or eight. They had to send him to one of these homes for kids because he went after his younger sister with a knife. You know, and, you know, this is in a rich home. But this kid, it was a miserable home that he lived in. And the dad, the stepdad, did not care about him. And I think was just glad to get rid of him and to get him out of the house. And didn't like it that he went after his biological child. And obviously you wouldn't want your kid going after one of the other kids with a knife. But that's the kind of stuff that goes on in these homes. And so again, our, our church, what we have going on here, our church is full of rich people and especially rich kids when it comes to charity, when it comes to love. And that, and that is a good thing. This is not a diss. This is how it should be. You know, we are, we've got moms and dads in the homes, raising kids, brothers and sisters, but understand rich people are expected to be charitable and we need to be, this church is a church that's rich in love, but what are we doing to spread that love and, and to give to other people? You know, who in this church, you know, who in this church just needs you to be here? I told my wife, it's like, you know what's sad? So that, you know, because we left, you know, we don't go to that church in Nebraska. I said, you know, that little girl's gonna be looking for you when she comes back to church. She doesn't understand that you live in another state, go to another church, and she's going to be disappointed when you come back. And, you know, she felt terrible because of that. But, folks, you know what? That's how it should be for all of you. There should be people who are coming in here, not just for the pastor, not just because they want to hear the preaching. No, but because they want to be loved. They want, they want to get that attention. They want, they want somebody paying attention to them. They want somebody to be glad that they're here. You want to know why it's just so easy to miss church? Because like, well, who's going to care? Now, now, I'm just going to tell you right now, I care. You know, <laughs> you know hey, give some of that charity to me. It, it means a lot when everybody's here. It really does. I don't say it a lot. I don't show it like that little girl did to my wife. You know, maybe, I, maybe that's what I need to do. You know, maybe, maybe I need to be better about that. But, you know, I'm 42 years old. I'm a man, you know, and we don't want to just go you know, pouring out our emotions like that. But again, I am greatly encouraged by people coming here, being faithful, participation, all that kind of stuff. And when you're not here, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm not going to cry about it, you know, uh, in front of anybody. I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit. You know, I'm not going to give up. But let me tell you something. You know what? You, you ought to be trying to get people in here that do need you that way. You know, you need there, there, and there, let me tell you, there are, there's people out there that need that, but we have to go out there and find them there. It's going to take some effort. And so 
I believe, I do, I believe our church is doing a good job when it comes to having charity for our families, even with each other amongst the membership. And as a result, there's a lot of riches in this church. There's a lot of enjoyment that we have. There's a lot of great fellowship that we have. I mean, folks, sometimes I get so much love and attention on a Sunday. I just want to go home. And it's just like, I'm just kind of overwhelmed. And I like Mondays that are typically quiet days for me where I can just kind of go and, all right, I'm good. You know, and, you know, because I do, I, I love being around people. If I get away from people too long, I was like, I got to get back around people again. But sometimes I get overwhelmed too. And it is, it's, it, it's a, it's a good thing. But, uh, I believe, so I believe we're doing good in this area, but our church and churches like ours, we're often doing so good when it comes to loving our families and even loving each other. We can become spoiled and very self-centered. We're Church becomes something that's all about ourselves. Oh man, the pastor's preaching on charity today. I was hoping for a soap opera sermon. You know, I was hoping for a face ripping sermon. I was hoping somebody was going to get called out. That's that's what I wanted to see today. I was hoping for you know part forty nine thousand on the reprobate doctrine or something like that. That's that's what I was hoping for. You know, but listen, you know that's not how what church is supposed to be like. I believe at Liberty Baptist Church, we have come to a point where we need to make a step forward in this area of true charity. And so, again, we expect rich people to be the most charitable people. And rich people, that's us. We are rich when it comes to love. And I believe if we don't start sharing our riches, we will be in danger of becoming a country club church full of unhappy people. Folks, you want to know who some of the biggest medicated drinkers are out there? Rich people. Rich people, they, they don't feel like they have anything to live for. And they don't because they're only living for themselves. And they're constantly turning to all these different things. I don't want to become another one of these pastors who's stressed out trying to figure out how I'm going to, I can keep the goats entertained so I can keep getting my paycheck. I don't want that. That's not what we're supposed to be, but that's what we will turn into if we become a country club church where we go and we do. We get all the people that we're comfortable with. We get all the people that can bring in money, people that can contribute, people that are good singers, people that are talented, you know, people that can help in this area and make this activity more fun and make this more enjoyable. But you know what we should be doing is we should be going out and trying to get people that we can bring in, that we can give to them. Instead of looking for people that can contribute to this church, we should be going out and looking for people that we can contribute to. And that's actually what's biblical. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy 3, because how, how do we do this? How do we take this next, next step forward? Well, 1 Timothy, or Thessalonians 3.12 says, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, you may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, with all his saints. God wants us increasing and abounding in love. And he doesn't want us just doing it amongst each other, which he wants us doing that. But if that's all we do, if all we do is just try to keep increasing in love toward each other, again, we're going to turn into that country club elitist church. That's what's going to happen. And you know, we might do good. We might get a lot of money in this church. We might become a very talented church where we've got, we've got the most impressive music. We can have the most impressive building. We can have all those things. But you know, the truth is we're supposed to be going out there reaching a loss. We're supposed to be going out there and increasing love towards all men. We've got to go for those down and outers and people that are out there. And so what we've got to go do, we've got to go to the poor. And when I say the poor, I mean the poor in love. Because understand, there's a lot of people out there too who aren't even saved. But they're getting plenty of love 
from their family. They've got a good circle of friends. You know, those people are very, you could say, even if they're not saved, they are rich in love, where they have a lot of people who care about them, that are looking out for them. They do. They've got, they've got plenty of friends. And you know what? They need to get saved. We want to try to reach them with the gospel too. But you know, those are going to be tough people to reach. Well, in the meantime, there's people out there that are poor in love, that don't have people looking out for them, that don't have people that care about them, that don't have family in the area. You know what? Those are the people that are more likely candidates to get in this church so we can just you know, share our wealth of love that we have in this church. First, our John 3, 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So one of the ways people know we're God's children is if we are loving each other. Again, as a church. But you know what? Again, there's people out there who frankly just don't really need us when it comes to love. You know, a lot of, a lot of people in our church right now, you know, again, today, okay, today you don't really need the love. Some of you, you, you might have had to drag your carcass into church today. You know why? Because you're rich in love. You didn't really need anything. You know, and so you did. But you forced yourself out of obedience. But let me tell you, there's other people out there. They're starving for friends. They're starving for fellowship. And, and there, are, there may be legitimate reasons, but we should go out and look for those people and share our wealth with them. We should try to find those people who don't have friends, those people who don't have people looking out for them. Not long after we started this church, there was a, a lady that was coming to our church for a short time. She got saved. She got baptized. And her and her husband were having some marriage problems and things. And I remember I just went over there one night to visit with them. I was hoping to get her husband saved. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get him saved. But I remember I, just, I probably sat with them for almost two hours talking with them, mostly about Bible stuff. And then they just, he just kept going on about how nice it was to have somebody come over like we never have people come over i mean it was like they thought that you know they just had like a friend come over for dinner or something like that you know i went over there to witness to him but he just thought it was great he sent me a text hey i really appreciate you coming over we had a good time we need to talk to people more and i came to realize that you know for a lot of people having someone over to their house just doesn't happen some people don't have some of you you do, you do it all the time you have church people come over to your house all the time. That's good. You have communication. You have people that text you regularly. You have people that call you regularly. You have people that are looking out for you. You have people that follow you on social media and care about what you're doing and like what you post on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But there's other people out there, they have none of that. Nobody's calling them. Have you heard, you've heard about these people that, that died and they found them weeks later. Nobody was missing them. They, they didn't have anybody in their lives and I'm telling you, everybody needs that kind of thing. And we've got to understand, while we're loaded with this stuff here, there, you know, there's somebody out there that needs you to be looking out for them, that needs you to be caring about them. So I, I don't know if they want, you know, give it to them anyway. You know, if we're going to scare people off in this church, let's scare them off because we gave them too much attention and not enough, not because we, they didn't get enough attention. I don't want to scare anybody off. I want everybody who comes here to keep coming. But if, let's, if we're going to scare somebody off, let's be because we just care too much. You want know get people's phone numbers. Okay? And, and again, especially if there's somebody that's more your demographic. All right. You know, obviously, if some lady comes and visits the church, I can't be texting that lady all the time. But, you know, some of you ladies can. You know, if that's a young person, you know, I, I can't be, you know, texting young people all the time and things like that. But other young people can, you know, be looking out for them. You know, kids, when you see other kids. Come into this church, okay? This is new territory. This is your home turf. So they don't seem real friendly. Not their job to be friendly. 
They're, they're the visitor. This is your home turf. Your responsibility to be friendly. Your responsibility to go introduce yourself to them. Your responsibility to go shake their hand. You do, you see that kid that's around your, around your age? You do, you make sure they learn your name. You make sure that they know, you know, when, if they come and they eat, ask them to sit by you, do those things. People want that kind of thing. People are desperate for that kind of thing, and it's up to us to give it to them. There are people out there that no one is paying attention to. And that's a, that's a shame when that kind of thing happens. There's some people, they never get invited to anyone's house. You know, don't just invite the people over that can do it in return for you. The Bible talks about that. Invite these people over to your house. They might have homes that you wouldn't want to get invited to. Listen, there's been homes I've been into before. The last thing I want to do is for them to feed me a meal out of that house. I went into that house one time and in the kitchen, I'm visiting with the family. Their kids rode on our bus. In the kitchen, there is dog you know what all over the floor. I'm just like, somebody's going to clean that up. It, you know, you go into these houses and you, and you leave smelling terrible. But, you know, at the same time, these people have souls. These people need love. We're, and we've been called to do that. We've, and so we need to, we've got to go to the poor, the poor in love. We've got to find these people. You find that person. You, it, when you go soul winning, you ever just get that person? They, they, they might even be saved too, but they just want to talk to you forever. And I get it. We want to go soul winning, right? We want to get somebody saved. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with ministering to those people, being a blessing to those people. And when you find somebody like that, you know what you should probably do? You should probably write down their name and address and visit them again sometime. And why? Why? Well, they're, they're not going to do anything for our church. I, I can't get them saved. We're not going to be able to add a number to the board. Yeah, but you know what you can do? They're one of God's sheep that God loves, and you can be a blessing to them. And God will pay attention to that. God sees that kind of thing. And so we've got to step up our game when it comes to following up with converts and reaching out to visitors. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And let me tell you something. Babes in Christ are going to need to be carried around for a while. That's just how it is. Babes in Christ are going to need that. We're, we're going to need to give people time Love and encouragement, just like you do with your kids. You know, again, we have no problem doing that stuff with our kids. You know, Hannah this morning, she was walking around smelling like an abomination. You know, you know, we didn't, I didn't think, man, why is she even in this church? No, we went and took care of it. You know, well, the daughter took care of it. Change her diaper, clean her up. That's what you do with your kids. You know why? Because you love them. You're not just going to cast them out because they smell bad. I know some people had some kids that threw up this week. Did you just throw those kids outside? I bet it smelled too. You didn't just throw them outside and leave them out there. No, what do you do? You clean them up. You know, and they can't even clean themselves up. You have to clean them up. But that's what you do because it's your kids and you don't even think twice about it because you do. You just, you love them. And so it's just instinctive. And it needs to be instinctive for us when we have people, when we get people saved or when new people start coming to this church, even if they have a lot of issues, if we will just abound in love toward them, we won't have any problem putting up with stuff. We won't have any problems asking them to sit by us even if they smell bad. We won't have any problems, you know, giving them a ride, just paying attention to them, sending them a text, you know, taking a phone call from them. That kind of thing matters to God. And it's something that we can all do. And it's something that we need to be doing. And let me tell you, if you're, and if you're not, if you're not doing this, if, if you don't start doing this, if you, we're, we're to a point, if people in this church don't start doing this type of thing in some area where they're showing charity to people who need it, 
And I do. It is. It's frustrating sometimes just getting up and just preaching to people who just don't seem to really care. But you know, there's people because there's people out there that want it, and that's what's satisfying. You know, giving giving it to people who actually need it. And I'm telling if you if you don't start finding those people, you're going to start becoming self-centered in your attitude. Going to church is going to be more about what am I going to get out of this, and that's not why you're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be here to provoke others to love. And good works. That's why we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves. But you know what? Who, who needed you to be here today? And I'll tell you, I'm one. But you know what? Who else? Who else needed you to be here today? That's why some, so many people, it's, just, it's no big deal to miss church. You know why? Because I don't need anything. I got plenty of love. But somebody else needs you to be here. And if you really think there isn't somebody like that, you need to go out get out there and find somebody some of you, some of you what you need to do today well, folks it's amazing it's february we have been able to go out and soul in outside comfortably every sunday in february that, that's a blessing that's you know that that's a great opportunity but some of you, you need to go out there today and you need to find somebody who doesn't just need the gospel but somebody who needs to be loved and who needs attention and then you need to give it to them you need, you need to try to get them in here. It's not, it's not going to happen overnight. You know what we need to do, too? We, we need to start picking people up. We've got that van out there. You know, I want God to increase what we have in this church. But you know what? I believe we've got to use what we have first. We can't ask God for more until we're using what we have. The Bible tells us in Luke 14, I'm not going to read it, but where he talks about how he wanted his house to be filled. And he said, the Lord said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. God wants his house filled. And you know who they went after? They went after the poor. They went after the blind. They went after the lame. You know, they, they went after the, the upper crusters too, but they were shutting them down. And they went, to, they went to these other people. They went to the people that needed that love, that needed that attention, and you know what? We will have people who come. You know, we start running that van. We start advertising that kind of thing. We're going to have people who come looking for entertainment. We're going to have people that come just looking for food, looking for a handout. But you know what? There's going to be some who come looking for love. And you know what? Let's, we can give them that. We can afford that. You know, we can't afford to pay everybody's electric bill that they're behind on. You know, we don't have, we don't have that much money in this church. That's something you... We really want to do something that might cost us more money. Let me tell you, it's amazing churches that do things like, like bus route is one of the biggest financial drain ministries that there is. Yet churches that have them seem to be doing just fine. Why is that? I think it's because God takes care of those who are out reaching the lost. I mean, soul winning doesn't bring in any money. That is, it doesn't. But yet God takes care of us. You know why? Because we're reaching the lost. But I think when we take it to the next level and we start loving these people, start making them a part of the family, start teaching them to observe all things, God will take care of us. God will provide for us. You say, would you like to start a bus route? You know what? I don't think we have the right to ask for a bus until we're using what we've got. I plan on, you know, I'm hoping to be giving our van to the church this year. I'd like to, I'd like to start using those two things. And I, do, I believe if we use them, I believe if we max those things out, God might do that. We actually could use a bus for some of our soul groups that would you know, help because they, we don't fit in the vans. But at the same time, I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people, they look at these things and the idea of dollars and cents and all that kind of stuff. But folks, 
if we don't step up our game somehow, it doesn't have to be through something like that. But I'm saying when it comes to getting people in here and just being charitable, love in action, giving these people what they need, that love, that attention, that acceptance. First off, if we don't step up our game, we will be in danger of disobeying God's command to increase in love toward all men. We'll also be in danger of becoming a self-centered church that will be all about ourselves. And you just you won't have any reason to be faithful. You, you won't. Any excuse will work. Any, any excuse works when it's about you. But when it's about other people, so again, I, do, I, I felt bad. We weren't going to be at the church in Nebraska just because I know there was one little girl that want, wanted to see my, was going to want to see my wife. And obviously, we can't, you can't be everywhere for everybody. But you know what? I can be somewhere regularly. I can be in my church regularly, be there for the people that need me. Most of us in here, let's just face it, we're also stinking rich when it comes to this stuff. We don't need much ministering. We all need it sometimes. I mean, don't, don't think you don't need ministering too. But no, right now, right now today, you might not have felt the need for it because you've been getting plenty. You've been getting a lot of attention. A lot of people, a lot of people love you. A lot of people take, taking care of you, giving you attention. You didn't need that much today. But folks, we all, we're not just supposed to be ministered to. We're supposed to be ministers ourselves. All of us. Mark 10, 42, And Jesus called them unto him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which were accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever you will be chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You know what? You need to be ministering to somebody. But here's the thing, around here, I mean, how much ministering do most of us really need? You know, again, sometimes we get overwhelmed with attention. I mean, hey, hey I, don't think, I don't think this is a bad thing, but I mean, has anybody ever just like, I just want to get away from all the church people. You know, they're driving me crazy. I've been around them too much. You know, that, that can happen. Okay? That, that can happen, you know, when, when churches have revival meetings or they have things where they're busy all week together, a lot of times fights start breaking out. You know why? Because you just got a little too much ministering, you know? you know. And so the thing is, we need to be able to spread it out a little bit. And that means bringing, going out and finding those people that really need something. And that is, that is a responsibility. And so, you know, let me just be real blunt. Do you know why it doesn't take most of you much to get you out of church? Because you're rich. You don't need much. But you know what? And, 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 and it doesn't negatively affect you that much, missing church. You know, but you know, if, if it doesn't affect you regularly missing, then doesn't that mean you're rich and it's your responsibility to minister to other people and to share that wealth? Said, I, I don't think we have that many needy people in this church, but there are needy people all over this community. We've got to go out and find them and be charitable to them through time, attention, and love. That's what we need. We need to learn people's names. We need to find, you need to find out when their birthday is. You need to acknowledge them on their birthday. You know, how, you know how many people in this area, they can have a birthday and nobody will tell them happy birthday. Some of you, you get, you get texts and, every, and everything. You, know, you get people posting on your Facebook wall and things like that. You get that all the time. I mean, 
on holidays, sometimes I get aggravated because, you know, I'll be sitting, I'm chilling, my, and my phone's just like going off, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Thanksgiving, you know, and then you got to respond to everybody, you know? And it's like, and, and, and I'm getting a ton of that. But you know, there's some people out there, they'd love to get somebody wish them a happy Thanksgiving. They would love it if somebody would invite them over. But the truth is, we don't know, we don't know who those people are. Most of us, if we knew where they were, we'd, we'd want to do something. So, you know, we've got to go find them. We, and so we, got, we not only need to just give people the gospel, we need to try to get to know them and be a blessing to them and get them here in this church. And so, this is what we have to start doing as a church if we're going to move forward. We've got to make sure, I do, I'm not, I don't think I'm a selfish person, but I would like God to increase what we have here as a church. But I believe in order to do that, we need to use every single tool that we have to its maximum potential. And if we do, then God will need to give us more. Okay? I, would like, I would like a bigger auditorium. I would like a bigger building. But the problem is, we haven't maxed this one out yet. You know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things, too. There's, there's other ministries and things. I'm not even going to get into all the other stuff that I would like to have, things that I would like to do. But here's the thing. We've got to max this out first. We use everything we have. I believe God will, God will bless. God will expand. And I do. I believe this is the mindset we, that we need to have. We are rich in this church. We all get plenty of love. We get plenty of attention. But we are surrounded by people who are not getting that. And we've got to help them find it. They might not even realize that's exactly what they need. But we've got to help them find it. And I believe we do that. Not only will God be pleased, I believe you will be blessed. I believe you will have a renewed desire to be in church all the time. Because it does. You know, I think it made my wife feel pretty good just when that little girl was just, she took a picture of her just smiling at her from the choir. She had this great big smile on her face, staring her down. You know, and then just went the way she almost plowing over those other kids trying to get to her. You know what? That, that's kind of motivating to know that people are, love you that much, care about you that much. And all it took for that little girl was just a little bit of attention and, and love and there's people out there, and you do. You start getting those people in the church. You, you, it's gonna, it's gonna take your love for the things of God to a whole nother level. And so, I hope you will help me uh, with this and uh, get involved in this area. Let's go out there and get the people that no one's care about, and let's try to give them that love and that they need. So, with that, let's pray, dear Lord. Thank you so much for this church. I thank you, Lord, that you have. You have made us, our church is abundantly rich, Lord. I'm thankful for the families that are here that are trying to follow the principles of your word when it comes to raising families. And, and Lord, you've, you've been good. You've blessed them. The kids in this church, they are not starved for attention. Lord, they are, uh, they are full in that area. But, Lord, there is a needy community around us that are uh, lacking these things that are just normal to us. And so, Lord, I pray you'll help us to get out there and to give these things to them and that we can make a difference. I pray you can help us to get to them before the pride crowd gets to them, before this world just destroys them and takes advantage of them more. In your name we pray. Amen.